Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And good morning. How are you over there, Steve? Good morning, Andy. Yeah, it's a bright sight. It's you know what? It's great to know that we're both under the same clear, bright blue sky with the sun shining <laughs> on us without hearing complaints about oh, it's cloudy and rainy again. Because we choose we choose to live in a happy environment rather than the gray overcast, you know. 
Portland environment that Pete always complains about. They are really like different Star Wars planets. They are, it's true. They, <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. On, maybe not. Maybe not Tatooine. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think the other desert planets. I don't think any of them were very favorable. So maybe that's not a good. Well, comparison. I, well I don't know. Well, okay. Well, think about this. So we actually could represent different parts of Return of the Jedi because we're out here in the desert where you know they buried Jabba's ship, which was like outside the. Oh, which literally was yeah, yeah. right. And then Pete's like in the you know rainforest of Endor up there with cute little <laughs> Ewoks running around that his daughter then hunts down and kills at her survival camp. Wow, I love it. <laughs> there we go. That sounds it's fantastic. all it's all Return of the Jedi land here on the next reel for the Saturday. Although night I, I yeah, I, I think it may be better being, you know, surrounded by Ewoks than than giant slugs that want to throw you to the <laughs> Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. If I had to pick. Yeah. But um so uh, anyway, welcome to the Saturday matinee, yeah. everybody. This is uh, our our weekend show for for all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much for supporting us and uh keeping us doing what we're doing we really appreciate it and with that steve i guess uh you know what's going on in your movie life anything new and exciting no it's it's dull <laughs> it's unfortunately Aww. dull it's been busy and it's sort of a lull in the box office i don't know there's i mean there's a couple of things to maybe get out and see i don't know i you know i know the big thing next week is the whole avengers end of the apocalypse infinity war thing so yeah i'll probably get out to see that i uh, just it's you know busy time of year school year starting to wind down we've got a high school graduate you know so planning graduation parties and just everything else going on just haven't had a lot of time to to set things aside for for getting out to see anything so whereas you have your movie pass so you just go bonkers yeah it's crazy. Uh, yeah, four movies this week with my movie pass, and it's great because I just walk in, I check in, I, and they give me my ticket, and I go see the movie. I haven't, I haven't paid a dime. It's fantastic. It's like, why did it take me so long to get this? And then I had it forever, but I didn't use it, and that was just dumb. So now, do none of the theaters around you have the like reserved seating, or do you do they have it, but you can still easily use it? There? No, I the the theater near me has a uh, an IMAX screen, and I, I can't watch anything on that. Right. Okay. Um, but uh, it doesn't have reserved seating yet, so I haven't. Um, I guess I have gone to one AMC near me where I was going to use it, but the movie we saw, which um, was a Quiet Place, was in the um, that Dolby. Oh, the Dolby uh, Cinema. Dolby Cinema. Yeah. And I couldn't use it for that. Okay. So there are there are times that I can and can't use it. But let me tell you, a quiet place in the in that Dolby Cinema was fantastic. <laughs> the silences like, were surrounding us. It was amazing. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> oh, but no, it's it's it has been great. So it's uh it's an interesting tool to start using. And I know I've you know I've read a lot of problems or or complaints that people have as far as you know them blocking certain movies or making it look like it's there are no tickets for it whatnot to pump other movies but i mean i've only been using it for a week so i haven't quite noticed any of that sort of stuff yet okay because i i am you know i'm starting to come off the fence onto that side i i have you know a couple of movie theaters near me and two of them are reserved seating one's an amc so i know that one's probably out and then the other one it's reserved seating. no amc's no they do reserve seating well sorry uh, yeah, if it's reserved seating, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I should. Yeah, I well, I don't know. So AMC does take it, 
but you can't use it. Harkins does not. Harkins does not take it at all. No. Oh, that see that. So that's that's what I've got near me. Is I've got two Harkins theaters and I've got an AMC near me. So I thought, okay, I've got an AMC. Or I've got a Harkins that was just recently like completely renovated, all reserved seating, which is which is great because uh, I love being able to get my ticket in advance and then just like walk in. Instead of having to be like, oh, I got to get there this amount of time early and hope I get a seat. Right. And then the other is just, you know, old school, you just, you know, general admission seating. So I thought, oh, that might work. Uh, and sometimes they get some of the smaller, you know, sort of art house type films. I thought, okay, those aren't as full. Maybe movie pass would be great to just, oh, I'm going to show up and just, you know, walk into something. Uh, but yeah, if, it's, if Harkins doesn't take it, if you if you've tried at Harkins and they don't take it. Well, when you open the app, oh. it, it, you'll, you, you, it'll show you a map and it'll show you which theaters okay. near you um, you can use it at. And uh, right now, only the AMC ones light up. I oh, mean, it's wow. not to say one of, one of these days yeah. Harkins may, okay. but at this point, they're not taking it. Oh, okay. Well, that that just made the yeah, decision that's, that's, for me. So that's, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I love supporting my local Harkins theaters and their popcorn is amazing. So that, that's sort of like, yeah, a, yeah. I, all right. I, well, I tell you, if, if Harkins was next to me, that's where I'd be going yeah. to because they are, they're the best, uh, the best uh, screens in town. All right. Well, that's so. so uh, that I'll I'll just sit, until until they do. Until all they right. Do. Well, we'll talk about it when they, they uh, when they start. If they do that. Yes. Yeah. So I I did have one piece of news I did want to follow up. A couple of weeks ago, Pete went off on some weird side tangent about this whole Nexium thing, and there was just a article in the new york times saying that allison mack of smallville has been charged with sex trafficking and so she has now been arrested for her involvement uh basically for recruiting people to this nexium organization so wanted to follow up on that because it was something pete had, had mentioned and talked about alice mack and it was interesting to see what what happened and now that they have actually arrested and charged her i think it'll be interesting to see where this sort of spills out into so well it's one of those things where it um it makes you wonder exactly uh, you know because it really is this cult situation that she fell into and it's probably right that she was charged with sex trafficking but it, trafficking but it also makes you wonder you know how much brainwashing had she gone through to kind of get to that point uh you know is it um you know, it, I just I feel like it, when you're getting into cults like that, like they rewire your brain and you end up uh, just kind of a different person than you were. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, there's no doubt. I think it's it's not a uh, simple, uh, you know, oh, this is clearly, you know, oh, these are bad people doing bad things. But when you get these celebrities involved and then it's something that's so fringe as this. Yeah. How much sort of programming and twisting has, has gone on to, to get them to this point. So it's it'd be yeah. interesting to see sort of how this, this plays out. If uh, ultimately it falls solely on the shoulders of the, the leader of the organization or, or how you sort of prosecute organizations like this. Yeah, right. I know it's, it'll be interesting to see how the whole yeah. thing unfolds. You, you mentioned box office earlier. I thought we would uh, play a little game this morning and, okay. uh, and just see see how <laughs> how savvy you you think you are with with the box office of 2018 so far. Oh, okay. 
So uh, this is the domestic numbers. I don't have the international numbers open, but I can look at those here in a sec. So for domestic box office grosses, it should be easy to guess what the number one film of 2018 is so far. That's Black Panther. What do you that's think? Black Panther. Yes. That's Black Panther, right? right? Number, yeah. number two? Okay. Yeah, that's absolutely Black okay. Panther, yeah. Number two. Uh, what was... What, oh. I'm old. I have a horrible memory. I don't even remember what came out earlier this year. <laughs> that would, that, I'm trying to think what else was up there in the range of I'll, that. Is it? Is it? I'll tell. Go ahead. Give me. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Give me a clue. Give me something. I was just gonna say it's not very old. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's from, it's from two weeks ago. Beirut. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise smash of 2018. Oh, I'm trying to think what else. That's something people never say about me. <laughs> You know, a nice little political thriller and everything. Um, I'm trying to think what I, I don't even remember what our film boards have been for the for for this year. Oh, it's is it? Oh, would it be Ready Player One? Is that? Uh, it is Ready Player okay. One. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So, all right. So, yeah, that's the tent poles. I figure if I just sort of yep. wind my way back to to tent poles, but a quiet place. Did that? Is that up there in like the top ten or something? Because I thought that had like a, or maybe that's it's stronger than they thought, but it's still not like stellar numbers, right? Well, is, is that your guess for third place? No, it's still too new. It's going to be something <laughs> like, oh wait, is it going to be? Because I I never go to these movies. Wasn't there one of the Fifty Shades movies? Because those always like have like big weekends or something like that for all. That's in that's in the top five, okay. but it's not third place. Okay, what what is this? Is one that I was really surprised to see on the list, but um, uh, and you probably it wasn't even on your radar. I'm sure. Okay, it is the animated film Peter Rabbit. Oh, okay, because that came out. You had the yeah kids stuff and uh, yeah James Corden doing the voice. So yeah, I could I could see that yeah. doing a. Because there wasn't any uh, Disney Pixar stuff, and people are always looking not, for something nope, alter- alternate programming. So there was, yeah, yeah okay. right. So that's that's the animated film in the in the top five. Okay. okay, number four is A Quiet Place, which you oh, okay. already mentioned. So it's already shot up that high, wow. which is nice to see. And then number five is Fifty Shades Free. <laughs> so, because people go. will go for that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's a that's a nice yeah. mix. It's a nice little representative mix so far. Okay. And then six through ten. Six is A Wrinkle in Time. Seven is I Can Only Imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight is Game Night. Nine is Insidious, The Last Key. And 10 is Pacific Rim Uprising. Really? Uh, okay. Well. Yeah. So that's the, that's the top 10 well, films. Well, uh, oh, well Rampage. Uh, domestically this Rampage year. has only been out for what, like a week? Because I figured that's going to, you know, Dwayne Johnson usually had that gets some some big box office attention yeah and it's it's already it's already made 40 almost forty six thousand. so it's at 14th place right now okay. and i i can guarantee it's gonna get up there yeah because you know? that's the so i'd like to think that it'll beat 50 shades free <laughs> i guess we'll <laughs> I see sure hope so oh my uh yes but uh yeah so it's pretty interesting and for some reason i can't find their tab for the international releases so i'll have to oh, okay uh, maybe i'll have that uh, ready for next week but yeah, just kind of interesting to see where the year is uh, off to so far. Well, yeah, because you got Deadpool two coming out. Soon. I mean, you're gonna well, it's gonna be Avengers: Infinity War will be like the biggest thing until who knows when. I imagine that's gonna just. Well, I'm really curious um, to see because I mean, Black Panther has done so incredibly well. Um, for itself it's just amazing how that film has done at the box office um both in terms of our just the the domestic box office the worldwide box office 
and the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe box office. I mean, I don't know if they were expecting that one to end up as the number one film, but there it sits. So I'm curious to see how Avengers Infinity War uh, fares with that one. Yeah, I think the thing that it has going for it is it it's the it's an event you know, movie it, people that maybe wait to see, you know, the other Marvel movies, uh, you know, streaming or Redbox, or, you know, this might be the one that gets them, you know, out to the theaters because it's the big event, you know, it's the, the big coming together of everything. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be great to see on the big screen. I, they shot the whole thing in IMAX. So it's, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I think that's what it has going for it. It's just this unstoppable behemoth of force just, you know, waiting to just land next weekend and and take over for a good bulk of the summer, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. That and Deadpool 2. And yeah. I mean, it's I mean, there are so many big tentpole movies um, coming soon that uh, it probably was smart for them to move it to April just to give it some breathing room away from everything yeah. else. Yeah. So then you go in the opposite direction with your trailer. Yeah. So, so, uh, are we, I guess we're jumping into trailers. <laughs> Unless you've got other news. No, okay. I, I don't. I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna keep um, us moving along. Excellent. Excellent. Well, my trailer, you know, I, I pulled the old A24 rule yeah, again it's, because it's um, always a good one. And this was, yeah. A, yeah, absolutely. This was a trailer that I actually saw, um, several weeks ago. Um, and I was going to pick it, but I, I opted not to, cause I can't remember which trailer I went with, but, um, knowing that this film first reformed still is, um, still has a few weeks before it opens about a month. It opens May 18th, um, this year. Um, um, I, uh, I still wanted a chance to talk about it on the, uh, on the, on the Saturday matinee because, um, it's, uh, it looks really interesting. It's uh, Ethan Hawke, who we know is one of the busiest people in the world. He's always in something, it seems. Um, and it's directed by, uh, written and directed by Paul Schrader, which is always exciting. Well, I should say. <laughs> Depressing. Most of the time, exciting <laughs> to see. Well, no, he did um, that movie Doggy Dog a couple years ago, which just was one of the most awful films. I hated it so much. Um, so that was a very, very frustrating thing. But, you know, and it's funny because uh, Paul Schrader is one of those guys who is a, uh, um, I mean, he's a writer director. He's been around since the seventies. We, you know, we talked about him when we did uh, taxi driver on the show. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else we've talked about that he's uh, been a part of on the show, but he's, he's done a wide variety of really, really compelling films. And I find him a really interesting um, uh, filmmaker, whether he's, working as a writer or working as a director or working as a writer director as he has, as he is in this case. Um, this, uh, this film is about a, uh, a, a priest, uh, a, um, who is, I, I guess he's struggling with the death of his son, uh, who he kind of encouraged him to enlist. And that's been kind of, kind of weighing on him for quite a bit. And, um, and so he's struggling with kind of his, uh, uh, his direction, I guess you could say, you see that in the trailer. Um, and then he meets a woman, um, uh, played by Amanda Seyfried, who, um, is trying to get some counseling from him because her husband, it seems is starting to go down, uh, kind of a dark path potentially of maybe 
turning into like this radical environmentalist and maybe starting to make some decisions that he shouldn't. And the trailer is, it's not a lot of storytelling, but there's a lot of really interesting character stuff happening in the trailer. And I love seeing Ethan Hawke struggle as this priest trying to figure out, you know, what to do and decisions to make and everything. I love seeing Cedric the Entertainer in here um, as his, as his priest. Um, and uh, just, just watching these people working together through the trailer uh, just got me real excited to see this movie. What'd you think of this one? Oh yeah. The, this is like Paul Schrader, like in his zone of characters that are struggling with, it's just this internal conflict and he's always able to bring issues together around a character. And when that works, it works so well. And I think Ethan Hawke, this is the type of role he just really digs into and can really just bring to life. Uh, there's, there's, you know, sort of getting into our, you know, list. There's that, that angst of, of these characters of, of their own internal strife and struggle, which can be a very challenging thing to portray visually. So it, it, it you need a good story to really surround that. And to me, this is this, I'm, very excited about this film because it's tackling such relevant issues today to take something like this. Uh, I think is it's a, it's a bold move because it's, it's subject matter. People just don't talk about You get into people becoming radicalized or just, you know, losing touch with the world and getting out onto a fringe of feeling isolated and an outsider that needs to speak up to bring attention to something that's important to them. They felt that's being pushed aside, I think is a really important topic to, to take on. And I hope we'll bring up about lots of discussion uh, about it. So I'm, I'm very excited to see this one. Uh, if I had my movie pass, it'd be one that I'd be right there for. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it does look really compelling and uh, you know, it's, it's another opportunity to see Ethan Hawke who, uh, who is always great. And let's see, how many other movies is he in? The- <laughs> uh, he's only got three films on the radar for 2018. Uh, um, weirdly, this is not showing up as one. Well, probably because it, it played at the Venice uh, Film Festival last year. So it's listed as a 2017 film. But 2018, he's got Juliet Naked, which is that's a, uh, based on a, a novel that I really enjoy. And Stockholm, and then a TV series called Sandra. Okay. So uh, he's already off to a busy start with 2018. Yeah, this is one that I expect, I, I hope, isn't going to be at a theater near me so they get a chance to see it. But this is one that I see just possibly not, you know, it's May 18th. It's right, you know, people are looking for their uplifting summer, you know, tentpole blockbusters and light comedies. So, I mean, it's a nice counter programming. I just hope that it finds a screen near me because this is what I would really like to get out to support and see. Well, if anything, yeah. you live closer to the art house screen yeah, than I do, so it'll probably be easier true. for you to go see than me. Yes, and you know what? If not, we should uh, we should schedule a time to go down to the Alamo if it's that, oh, there. We, oh, that's that's a must. Okay, we'll get that on the calendar. Deal. All right. Okay, what's your trailer? So I'm I'm bringing a sequel to a film board film. I hey. I'm, I'm bringing Denzel back. I'm bringing Antoine Fuqua back. I'm bringing a script written by Richard Wink. I'm talking about the Equalizer Dose. So it's <laughs> it's it's been a while since the first one. I got to look back to see what was that about four years ago? Yeah, 2014, the Equalizer. And as you may or may not recall, this is the story of a uh, of a man who has put his mysterious past behind 
behind him. And he is dedicated to just living a quiet life and helping people around him. And he works in sort of like a Home Depot uh, type place. And he gets involved with, uh, if you recall from the story in the first one, he hangs out at a diner. There's a, there's a girl that's you know sort of working as a prostitute. She wants to get out of that and pursue a career as a singer and like the Russian mafia is involved. And so basically it becomes Denzel versus the Russian mafia with lots of killing and sort of one of his trademark pieces. And they show this in the trailer for equalizer two is he'll look around his surroundings and basically plan out his attack. And then he sets a time to it. So then he'll start his little watch and he'll be, he'll look around and be like 19 seconds, starts his little stopwatch, goes out, kills everybody, stops his watch. Oh, look at that 19 seconds. Uh, so it's, it's to portray this very methodical person. So this time around he's, he's back. He is now looks like he's like a Lyft or Uber driver. And they're now the story digs into his past. So he was involved with some, you know, secret government agency. So there's now an organization that's sort of trying to go after the people there. So it's we're going to get a little bit more backstory, which I'm excited about with a, a sequel. How do you open up the story? How do you find another interesting story to tell? In this case, we've got interesting backstory and characters and his history of, of who he is to maybe give us the next chapter in the story and then... We'll see if the franchise continues from there. But the fact that we've got the same writer, we've got the same director on this, it brings a lot of promise for me that this wasn't something that uh, the studio was just pushing and they couldn't get the original team back together. They've got everybody uh, back together on this one. This is coming out July 20th. We've got Denzel Washington. We've got Bill Pullman and Melissa Leo returning as uh his uh his friends so i'm excited to see that whole team back together for this one did you um did you call it the equalizer dose for any particular reason or was it just to be cheeky <laughs> just to be cheeky because i i was like is he in some weird way <laughs> referencing back to allison mack and her sex trafficking because the nick the secret the the secret nickname for the leader of that was dose oh no <laughs> oh, gosh no <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow i'm not that awake um Oh. No, it's, it's very interesting how they've sort of in the trailer how they've stylized the the two with like it's the l and the i i believe in the poster yeah. make the, the roman numeral two so yeah i'm just just being cheeky about a sequel well i did enjoy the first one i didn't love it as much as you did but you know it's antoine fuqua and uh, denzel washington doing what the two of them do best when they're working together and so as long as it doesn't go into the uh, the over-the-top silliness route with, you know, the duel at Home Depot, like the first one did, <laughs> and then I'm on board. Um, I, I think the trailer for this looks exciting, uh, has a lot of interesting stuff, and um, yeah, uh, count me in. I'm, I'm curious about this one, and I think it would make a fun one to go see on the big screen. Perfect for your movie pass. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But see, then this is, see, this is where the the trick is going to fall because it's like, okay, this one might be a good one to see in like Dolby cinema oh, that's true. or yeah. in, 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 uh, you know, Atmos or something where you, you get a much bigger experience. So it's, it's going to be one of those things I'm going to have to start weighing with this. If I'm going to see blockers, perfect for movie pass. Yeah, that's true. You get all the bone crunching sound in the, in, in an action movie like this. So yeah, it, it may be worth the extra to pay for the app yeah. experience so that's uh yeah that's our our trailer picks for this week so well we are um 
uh, I guess it's time to jump into the lists then, huh? Yes. So uh, this week we talked about Rebel Without a Cause on the show. And because of that, we opted to do our lists of films with uh, with uh, great um, teen angst. Because we know you love that, Steve. <laughs> There's nothing more enjoyable in a film. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, after listening to you two talk about Rebel Without a Cause, it has been a long time since I've seen that film. And I realize i i really need to see it, see it again because i i really enjoyed it the first time and it's it's just been far too long since i've seen it i thought i i've, I've got an itch to see this movie i haven't seen you know that it's probably been 20 years since i've watched it and i oddly enough i've seen rebel without a cause i've seen giant i have not seen east of eden i've never finished my james dean trilogy so now i think it's been a long enough time since i've seen rebel without a cause and giant that i'm gonna have to sit down and do a little you know james dean festival to watch all three of them because it's it, hearing you guys discuss them it just has reminded me how much i enjoy seeing him on screen he's fantastic on screen and uh i i, I haven't quite gotten to start giant yet that's going to be my my uh, epic watch uh probably today um and i'm gonna have to you know sit down and Take a big chunk of time yeah. for it because it is a, it's a beastie one. It's, a, it's an epic. Yeah, it's a, there. There was just it, I don't know what it was in that decade where they would just you'd sometimes get these when they went big they went huge epic like th- over three hour you know three hours in length because I I also did uh, gosh I d- had a big chunk of time I was like I've never seen Cleopatra it's this big epic maybe I should probably sit down and watch it it's just the huge spectacle of everything uh, yeah it's just amazing how you talk about gigantic you know films nowadays you can see things that are that big and it's like oh you know it's all green screen and there it's you know the scope and scale of everything in the story and, and sets and everything is amazing what they were able to accomplish yeah. you know back then so yeah Definitely true. So teen angst. Yeah. Why don't you kick it off since this is your memorial list? (laughs) Well, I've got like. (laughs) That's really the wrong word because it sounds like you're dead. Well, I've I've got like. I've got like four lists. So I guess, you know, I. (laughs) Like, because I started just. That's right. Lists with lists. Yes, I have. I have. Yes, I have four sort of categories and each with a, with a list of three. But I, I guess if I'm going to start and you're going to talk about teen angst, you ha- I have to go with a movie that, you know, a famous quote from the movie, Dear Diary, my teen angst BS now has a body count. Talking about Heathers from 1988. The You talk about teen angst. You talk about, you know, the 80s, sort of the heyday of teen films. You have to talk about Heathers. I know they re- tried to reboot it as a TV series, and I thought, no, don't. There's, there's no need to do that. And then they tried to take it a different direction, and I, no, this is one of those that just works so well as it is. Winona Ryder, Christian Slater, Shannon Doherty. You've got the Heathers, the the click running the, the running things at the school, and then you've got Jason Dean coming in causing trouble and suddenly kids start dying off and you've got, you're talking about teen suicide. You're talking about bullying so many relevant issues that it, in such a darkly comic way, just ugh, one of my favorite classic teenage movies. That's a brilliant one. It was uh, the first steal of the morning. Uh, so congrats there. It's uh, absolutely brilliant. It's a movie that, 
that always uh, uh, struck a chord with me and one I always still enjoy watching. So great, great first choice. Just wonderful. Well, my first uh, choice is uh, is going a completely different direction uh, than yours. It's a, uh, a more recent film, uh, but it takes place in, in uh, uh, farther uh, times. Uh, this is a really compelling uh, uh, World War II film, I guess it's fair to say, uh, called The Reader uh, with uh, Kate Winslet, Ray Fiennes. And um, the story is really kind of, uh, it takes place over two periods, but uh, largely the, the, the teenager that um, has the angst is the young Rafe Fiennes, played by David Cross, who um, he gets sick when he's young and, and uh, this woman helps him. Um, and, uh, um, and he's, he's healing for quite a while. And then, um, uh, cause he had scarlet fever. And then when he's better, he goes and visits this woman who helped him and, and she's a much older woman who then seduces him and they begin this affair and it turns into this big thing. And, um, and then later he learns that, uh, that she's on trial for, uh, for being a, uh, involved with, um, uh, with the Nazis basically. And, and the angst that, that kind of is created with him. Um, and, and then that he still is dealing with that you see as an adult, as Ray finds, um, it, it really makes for this compelling story of watching this, this, uh, this kid kind of learn about and try to help, but not really sure this woman who had such an influential, influential, um, place in his young life and his growth as an adolescent made for a really compelling story. And, um, it was a script that I read, um, when I, uh, when I first got the chance and then, um, I watched the film and that Stephen Daldry directed and just completely fell in love with it. So that's my first pick. Um, the reader haven't seen it. It's, oh, I, it's, it's really okay. good. It's, it's a, and this is the, the one that, uh, Kate Winslet won her, uh, her Oscar. Oh for. yeah. I, I, so, I'm going to put it there. Yeah. I'm going to put it on my list of, I'll put it right there next to my, in the name of the father of the movies that Andy won't talk to me until I see. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> movies. So yeah, it's definitely worth checking it, out. You know, yeah. and this is one of those films that I, I know is going to be good. And honestly, it's, it's one of those that's about sort of, the the mindset of I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this and engage with this this film and finding the time to it's easy when you're in a theater to say I'm here and I'm solely focused on this movie when you're watching things at home there's just so many things that can be distracting and when I see a movie like this I want to make sure that it has a hundred percent of my attention and it's just really challenging sometimes to find those times where I can say uninterrupted block of time let me just engage with this. So th- this is one of those movies where it's it's waiting for that spot in my schedule where I can say, yeah, I can do this and I know I won't be interrupted and I know I'm going to be awake enough to engage with this. Because it's easy to, you know, once the kids go to sleep, say, oh, I'm going to put on something. But then it's so late at night. Do I have the mental capacity to really focus and engage with the content of the film in a way that I want to? So that's, that's right. my, you know. I, I want to respect the art of the film and, and give it uh, what it deserves. So, but it, it's, I'm writing it on my list right now. I'm going to put it right there. <laughs> Excellent. There we are. All right. Okay. What's next on your I, list? I'm going to stick with my dark list. 
So this is my this Ooh, is my dark okay. teen angsty list, and so I it, it's sort of could be called the Heather's honorary list because it's just that sort of set the tone for this list. So, but I'm getting into some obscure territory, I think here for for some people because I'm I'm digging way back, staying in the '80s, I guess though. Uh, but this has a connection to Rebel Without a Cause because it has Dennis Hopper in it, and this is also an early early film. With Crispin Glover, Keanu Reeves, Ioni Sky, and if there was a teen movie in the, if there was an artsy teenish movie, you had Joshua John Miller in it as well from, from Near Dark. I'm talking about Tim Hunter's film from 1986, River's Edge, the story about a high school student that kills his girlfriend and then tells his friends at school about it and they go down to the river where her body is to see if he's telling the truth or not, and then watch what happens as the teens sort of respond to this struggle, how to react to this and Keanu Reeves trying to, you know, but engage with the adult world. There's a very sharp distinction in this film between sort of the teens and then the adult world and what that generation felt in the eighties. I remember seeing this when I worked at the video store in high school and just it's, it's a disturbing film. But to me, it captured so much of when you're in high school and you've got your little group of friends and you're your own little society, and then you've got the adult world and there's a big gap between those and how the adults perceive teens. And there was a lot of discussion this came out about the the apathy that the teen characters display towards towards death and that the adult characters in the film also discuss. It's not an easy watch, but I think it it gets into that whole teen angst of finding your place in the world and coping with troubling issues um, and just some great performances. I tried watching the trailer. Oh my gosh, the trailer that they cut for this is horrible. The mu- the, the music completely <laughs> undercuts the tone of the film. This is not a, a light teen film. This is heavy, dark, serious stuff, but it is, uh, it is a good watch if you can endure that. I remember watching it um when i was in high school and it was just uh, i guess as a high school kid it was just such a dark film that i i could never like really get into it i was just like not it didn't hit me it just didn't i think it was just too dark for me i just wasn't into it um so i think it's one of those films that definitely deserves a rewatch so i can uh, check it out again because i do remember feeling it was pretty compelling but i just you know when you're a kid sometimes those darker films are things just not oh, interesting oh, yes. yes so Good choice, though. I, I had forgotten about that one. That would have been a, a great one to uh, to throw onto uh, onto the list. So for my next one, I because you went dark, I feel like I shouldn't go dark with my <laughs> next choice. Um, but I, I have an awful lot of now that I look at it. I mean, it's angst, yeah. so they're darker yes, they films are. anyway. Yeah. I'm going to go with a film that I, I I I think is a really interesting film in that. Um, it's uh, it's one of those examples, I think, a perfect example of watch watching the director's cut versus the theatrical cut, and it's like a world of difference. And it is uh, Francis Ford Coppola's oh. uh, adaptation uh, of The Outsiders. Yes. Um, I I had never seen that uh, film. Um, I don't know how I completely missed it as a kid. Um, I'd read the book, but I, I when I was young, but I really didn't remember it very well, and then. Um, I, they came out with a kind of this deluxe special edition with both versions of it. 
And so I was really curious about it. And so I watched the the um, uh, the original theatrical version of it, which I thought, you know, they did an okay job with. And then I watched the uh, the director's cut. And I'm like, wow, what a world of difference. It really just made everything work so much better in the film. And and really developed all the characters so much better. The fantastic group of teenagers that are just kind of struggling with their life. Uh, you know, it's uh, C. Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Diane Lane, Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, Leif Garrett. Huge cast. And um, they all do great jobs in this film. It's uh, just a fantastic story of watching these uh, kind of these low-income teens and um, and just kind of the journey that they go on um as as uh gosh is it pony boy and uh i can't remember who the other one is who is it johnny mm-hmm. who um, yeah. who take off yeah. yeah yeah so after they uh they uh stab someone right. so um and you know stay gold pony boy i mean everything about it just uh, just worked really well just solid solid story and great performances from these young actors that you could see why they went on to do such great things. Just a, a really solid group of people here. So uh, that's my next. Oh, choice. that's a that's a great pick. I don't I don't know that I've seen the extended cut. Um, Some people yeah. struggle with it because uh, Coppola went back and for the music. Oh, he he added um, um, a lot of uh, uh, period uh, music, and uh, some people feel that the the music is a little. Um, uh, kind of, it, it, it throws the the feel. It's like you know, it's music of the time. It's a lot of '60s yeah. songs okay. and stuff. And um, mm. but for me, it, it just helped sell the world. So I guess I just I really latched onto I, that. I'm gonna have to check that out because this is it was funny. We just last week we were talking about great movies of the '80s, and somebody mentioned The Outsiders, and we started talking about just the cast of. I mean, yeah. everybody. It's just amazing performances from them as such, you know, young actors. And then to see how so many of them just where that, that trajectory took them. And the fact that you, whoever it was the casting agent on this film is just genius. I mean, to find everybody and get all of them. It's one of those where you just look at this and say, Oh my gosh, everybody is in this movie and they're all really good. Yeah. There's, this yeah. is one of those, it's, it's a classic. And it's one of those things where you can look at Coppola and say he, at this point in his career, he was putting together really good films and he was sometimes forced to make cuts. But the, when you see the director's vision of that, he's one that, you know, at this era, I, I trust that he knew what he was doing and maybe it's longer or bigger than they, you know, the studios wanted at that time, but usually he was doing what was in service of the story. So I'm, I'm really interested. I'm going to add that to my list of Andy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Check it out. Okay. All right, here All right. we go. My, my final my, choice. My final on, on my dark list. This is a, a little bit more obscure that probably a lot of people missed, uh, but it's it's more recent. So I'm moving past past the 80s. Uh, but another story about teen angst and bullying. Um, this was again. It's it's a dark and disturbing film. Basically, the story is about uh, you know kid who gets bullied at school, and so his brother. Besides, hey, let's let's uh, let's get this kid, and uh, we're we're gonna take care of this problem. Let's let's invite him on a on a little trip. We're all gonna take a trip as as friends, and uh, we're gonna bring this kid with us, and we're gonna pretend to be friends with him, and we're gonna then take care of this. I'm talking about 2004's Mean Creek, uh, 
with Rory Culkin uh, and Ryan Kelly. It is just a really powerful film because it's to not give too much away. It's it starts off as oh we're just gonna we're gonna you know bully this kid. We're gonna give him a little taste of his own medicine, but things quickly escalate from there, and it becomes much darker and more sinister, um, and is not what I expected it to be. Um, but it is a powerful film. And I think again, you know, timely matters of, you know, the angst that's part of being a team, but also that bullying that's part of that, that I think was uh, something that was present in the eighties, but wasn't just sort of discussed head on that. That's where a lot of that angst comes from is just the, the dynamics of different groups of people and, uh, this one just really did a, a really nice job and a film that I think was greatly overlooked. Um, I, it's, you know, a really powerful film. If you can find it uh, out there streaming someplace, I suggest you check it out. Great movie. Great choice. I had forgotten about that one too, but wow. A lot of, uh, a lot of um, emotion and power in that little film. So um, I haven't seen it since, uh, since it uh, first came out, but uh, uh, that's a really strong choice um, and definitely one worth checking out. So good call right. on that one. Well, for my final one, I, I have to go um, inspirational and I'm talking Carpe Diem. Uh-huh. I'm talking Make Your Lives <laughs> Extraordinary. I'm talking Oh Captain, My Captain. I'm going with Dead Poet Society, uh, uh, Peter Weir's film from 1989. Um, it's a film that has just always... Uh, struck a chord with me, an incredibly powerful story about, um, you know, teaching and and finding who you are and doing something important with yourself. And while I don't know if, if just calling it a teen angst film is completely accurate, you certainly have some teen angst in here with some of these teens as they struggle in their own lives. Um, and, and while their, uh, their teacher, John Keating, played by Robin Williams, tries to, tries to, um, you know, help them shape themselves. Um, uh, but the angst, the most angst ridden teen of all, I would say is Neil in this film, uh, played by, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, who really struggles with, um, uh, the control that his father has over his life and, and latching on to, uh, to Keating and his teachings and, and kind of starting up this whole, this, uh, dead poets society, um, it really helps him, but, uh, but it still doesn't help him in his battle with his father. And, and I, I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but watching as that, that plays out as Neil tries to, f- tries to break free, um, uh, but then finds that his father is still uh, too powerful a force in his life and how, and where that takes the film is really, um, it's really heartbreaking. Um, and then again, going back to Ethan Hawke from our earlier trailer pick, seeing him as, I guess you could say, another of the angst-ridden teens in this, trying to figure out who he is through the process of this whole film, um, and seeing how that really uh, shapes him and develops him by the end of the film, I think is is pretty powerful stuff. Oh, I'm I'm so thrilled that you picked this. Actually, the Outsiders and Dead Poets Society were ones that I had sort of on a separate side list of ones, but I thought, <laughs> I thought well, if, if Andy covers these, great, because these are, these are films, and Dead Poets Society, one of my probably favorite films of all time. It also holds a, a important position with our family because my oldest daughter is able to emotionally separate herself from film a lot of the time because she says, well, I know it's not real. I know it's a story. This is one of the few movies that has actually made her cry. Um, she really wow. connected with this, which I thought was interesting because it's a story about 
boys and I think it was maybe her freshman or sophomore year in high school when uh, she watched this and it just really touched her and moved her. And I was relieved to see her connect with this story that I think is just, it's, it's a great story. This is one that, um, yeah, I saw in the theater, I think twice. It was one of those few movies where I said, I need to see this again right away. It was just a powerful story uh, about growing up and becoming an adult. And I'm so thrilled that you included this on your list because uh, I hope that it hasn't become a forgotten film because I think it is such a, a great and powerful story with tremendous performances from those young actors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Uh, do you want to throw in any honorable mentions? I know you have, uh, have hundreds of, of choices over there. So, well, I, I, so I will give a, a throwback shout out to my first ever three of a kind episode that talked about high school films and talks, uh, looks at me and her on the dying girl, the spectacular now and Kings of summer. So that's sort of a 2010s look at high school and three really good films that I think were at the, the forefront of a, a new wave of important films for, for teenagers. So I'll throw that list and you can dig back into the archives to the first ever three of a kind. We could probably, and we could probably spend another hour just going through great, you know, teenage films. There's just so many. out. Well, there, it, yeah, you, know? you could easily yeah. just, you just, you go through John Hughes's early catalog, yes. and, which, and, and hit most which of I was those. like, Oh, they'll have talked about these. What? There's been no John Hughes series. <laughs> I I, it is. There's, there's nope. so many. I mean, there are so many great films for you guys to get through on on the on the main show. So I I know someday we'll we'll get around to that. But uh, those were. I always like to use this opportunity to maybe highlight films that have been overlooked or forgotten. And I think everybody's aware of John Hughes and and his films. So I I thought you you dug out some really good ones here that I think have have been forgotten or, you know, over yeah, so, really, yeah. really good yeah. list of exciting yes, films. Exactly. So definitely, definitely a lot of stuff yes. worth checking out here. Right. So next week on our list, um, uh, or on the, on the show, we're talking about, uh, the final James Dean film, uh, which he finished, um, right before he died. And that is, uh, George Stevens film giant. And so we're trying something new. And for all of our, our Patreon supporters, um, who haven't been uh, poking around over on discord, or who haven't turned into the tuned into the uh, the Rebel Without a Cause show, we're trying something where um, we're putting it to a vote over on Discord for our uh, Patreon supporters to kind of pick what they think we should talk about. And Pete and I uh, come up with some options during the show, and then uh, put the poll over on Discord, and uh, and people get to vote on them. The winner of our three choices, which were movies featuring giants, which I, I threw in there for Pete because he had never seen it before. And hey, why not? Okay. <laughs> Films that feature striking oil and making it rich. Uh, and then Western epics. And the one that got the most vote is uh, Western epics. So we're going uh, going to be talking about that on the, uh, on the show next week. You have, you have an idea of some options I, for your list I, already? I don't, but I'm glad to see that one. One out out of all three options because I don't know, striking oil. I know making it rich that uh, I don't know. That's, that's a little bit more challenging. Western epics gives you a little bit more latitude to go. And I don't know that I would call giant necessarily a, a Western, but I, yeah, I know it's, it's got that feel to it. And I think that that's a good, it's, it's a good yeah. fit for this. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a Western in the sense of like no country for old men being yes, a Western. Exactly. You know, it's that type of Western. It's not necessarily cowboys, right. um, but it is, you know, people in, in the West and just kind of the, the, 
the lives that they lead. You know, they're still at ranches on horses yes, and stuff. So exactly. I mean, it's a modern Western right. maybe. Yeah. So I think, uh, no, that's going to, that's going to take some, some thinking and pondering to come up with a list for that one. Cause there's no teenagers out on in Western. So I'm not sure. What I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, maybe you're, uh, maybe, maybe you're forgetting something. I'm sure there's, <laughs> I'm sure there, I'm sure there's oh, one oh, somewhere. Geez. Oh no. I, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, but are they full of yeah, angst? I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Are there any A24 Westerns you're going to pull in for your list? We'll have to see about that, too. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to say because it like epic. Yeah. Like, I, I don't yeah. know if uh, if it's fair to call them yeah. epics. But A24, uh, they did. Um, uh, what was the trailer I talked about last year with Bill Pullman? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah well, we'll uh, see. It'll, so, it'll be yeah. a challenge. I haven't seen it, so I, I wouldn't be able to put it on the list yeah. anyway. But uh, uh, The Ballad of Lefty Brown, that's what it was. <laughs> Should be fun. Should make for a fun show next week. And until then, um, you know, enjoy your movie uh, movie life. And uh, thank you all who are supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, Steve, have a great rest of your weekend. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.